So this is uh, from a recorded talk. So this time we have the opportunity to make our minds uh, peaceful. And today is a Lunar Observance Day. So we've come together to do goodness, to do merit, to build our parami, our spiritual virtues, to build our hearts and minds. And we can see that uh, every day there's a, a lack of loving kindness. We can see this in the world, that the world is lacking loving kindness, lacking the sublime abodes, the Brahma Viharas. And we see this in Thailand as well. Individuals feel a lot of uh, me and mine, a big sense of self, uh, too much of a sense of self, too much me or you, me and mine, my group, my things, your group, your things, uh, too much of this. And this is from not seeing, not contemplating the Dhamma of the Buddha, not contemplating and not seeing that we all must die. If we see, for instance, uh, a large number of people, 10,000 people all die, we may feel disenchanted at that time, but then we go right back to being uh, heedless. It's because the mind uh, sees this uh, death and sees it and then just forgets about it because it feels too far away. It's uh, another matter when someone close to us dies, a loved one, a friend, or a family member. We see that having been born, we must die. This is the marna nusati, the recollection of death as the object of one's mind. In the time of the Buddha, there was a, even a seven-year-old child who was able to see the Dhamma and realize uh, stream entry. And because they contemplated all the time, this topic of death. The Buddha asked this child, uh, where are you from? And they, or where, where did you come from? And they said, I don't know. Where are you going? I don't know. And where do you go when you die? This, the child didn't know. But what they did know is that they must die. But where they uh, came from before they were born and where they'll go after they die, they don't. They don't know that. So we see with ourselves, we don't know what age we'll die, whether we'll die in the air, in the water, on the ground. We don't know when or where, but we do know that we will die, that we all must die. We see that we're here in this world just temporarily, and we're not here very long. We're here just a short time, and that one day we must die. We see the Lord Buddha had this incomparable wisdom, uh, purity, and compassion. And still the body, the khandhas of the, the Buddha uh, passed away. So we see that this physical form, this materiality is impermanent, sanicca. And this is what the Buddha taught, that all conditioned formations are impermanent. So we can see that the passing of the Buddha, the Parinibbana of the Buddha, we see this as a teaching 
that all khandas, all this body and mind is all impermanent. So may we be heedful with this, see that life is something unsure and death is for sure. For myself, I contemplated this as my main object of meditation for the first five years when I was a monk. I contemplated uh, or recollected death as my kamatana because as a young person, it's natural to think about the future. And this contemplation of death, this recollection of death helped the mind not to think so much like this, to recollect that one must die. Having been born, one must die. Whether one is rich or poor, uh, we all die. We're all equal in that way. And we see that after uh, death, what's left, what's left over. So we see that everyone in the world is equal in this way. Whether one is uh, rich and has a lot of wealth, or one is poor and has very little wealth, we see that this is just a convention. Because upon death, whether one is rich or poor, one doesn't take any of this wealth with one when one dies. One, one doesn't take any of that with oneself. So we see that all beings are equal in this way. And what is uh, different, what is the difference between beings is the goodness and merit in the minds of individuals. One with a lot of merit and goodness has a, a lofty or high mind, and one with less merit or goodness has a, a less elevated mind. We see that those with uh, that do acts of unwholesome karma, acts of uh, uh, bad karma, then when they think of those acts of, of bad karma, then that brings their mind down and can lead them to uh, unfortunate rebirths in the planes of woe. So we see that this belief in rebirth, this belief in the cycle of samsara, this uh, never-ending cycle of birth and death, we see that we wonder what's the next life going to be. And when we believe in this, then we're motivated to cut off unwholesome karma and to build wholesome karma. We can also just believe in the immediately visible results of wholesome and unwholesome karma. And this will motivate us to a certain degree. But this belief in the cycle of samsara gives rise to a firm intentionality and one applies one's heart and mind to build goodness and to cut off uh, unwholesome karma. So practice in this way and build your spiritual virtues. We see that one with wisdom will be one who seeks peace, one who seeks to develop the mind as something of critical importance. And such a one sees that life is uncertain so we contemplate uh, birth and death, and upon death, what do we take with us? We just take with us our karma, our volitional actions. So we seek to do acts of goodness, acts of merit. This brings us uh, happiness into our minds and hearts. We seek not to harm others through acts of body, speech, or mind. And then we can feel at ease in our hearts and minds. 
we cultivate loving kindness, we do the meditation on loving kindness and cultivate a heart and mind that has no ill will, no wish to harm any beings at all, a heart filled with loving kindness. And this is a heart that is uh, cultivating goodness and a heart that becomes beautiful. And so we see this uh, belief in the cycle of birth and death is something important to consider. This belief in death, then upon death, then one is reborn for sure. And if one does not have rebirth, then this is the mind that's in Nibbana. And in Nibbana, there's no death and there's no birth either. However, if the mind has uh, defilement, has kilesa, then this mind uh, seeks out birth once again, must be born again into the cycle of samsara, of birth and death. And this cycle of samsara is incredibly long. One doesn't find a beginning or an end to it. And one can ask, in this lifetime, what do you get from this lifetime? One gets just a little bit of pleasure and a lot of suffering. One is born, and then in one's lifetime, one meets with just a little happiness and a lot of pain. One has uh, worry, concern, uh, fear, aversion, many types of uh, pain and suffering. So we see the, that the moments of happiness and pleasure are short, and the times of pain and suffering are long and a lot. And then after birth, one must meet with old age uh, sickness, and then once again death, and then upon death, uh, birth again. And so one is born and dies, uh, born and dies uh, endlessly like this in the cycle of samsara, which we find uh, no end to it, and it's uh, uh, very long. So we were born into this life, we see that before this life, we had our previous life. Before that previous life, we had the life before that, and the life before that, and so on and so on. And it goes back like this, onward and onward, back in time, and we can't find the first life that we had. And we see that the cycle of birth and death, the cycle of samsara, just circles around like this. We can't find a beginning to it. It just, uh, there's just more and more lives, more and more lives, more and more birth, more and more birth with no end to it. So we see in the lifetime that we have now, we must build goodness and merit. And this is the way to end this cycle of birth and death, to end this endless wandering of samsara. So we have the faith to do uh, generosity, virtue and meditation to do chanting, to do sitting meditation. And this practice of dana, sila, and bhavana, this can bring the cycle of birth and death to an end. So we do goodness and we try to cease unwholesome acts of karma. So we keep practicing in this way. And we practice to let go, not to attach and cling to the things of this world. And this is a mind that becomes more and more, more and more pure, uh, more and more pure the more one practices like this. And this makes one's 
journey in samsara shorter and shorter, the more one practices this path and makes the mind more pure, the cycle of birth and death becomes shorter and shorter. And it becomes uh, short to the point where one just has seven lifetimes left, and then just three lifetimes, and then just one lifetime, and then no lifetimes left at all, which is Nibbana. So therefore one must have effort and try to practice in this way. And we see that doing goodness and merit can be difficult because it goes against the stream of one's habits, goes against the stream of the world. And if one just goes with the stream of habituation and goes with the stream of the world, one can feel relaxed and at ease to a level. But we can call this ease within unease or relaxation within stress. Because going against the stream can feel difficult. For instance, coming to the monastery, we must uh, wake up early, get in the car and uh, pay for gas and so on. And there one meets with various difficulties just to come to do the goodness of coming to the monastery. So we see that this doing of goodness goes against the stream. And we need this Dhamma, we need this truth of the way things are that the Buddha taught, which also goes against the stream as well. We can see, for instance, a teaching from Lumpu Cha. He placed a glass of orange juice down and immediately said that this orange juice is the place of death. Because this orange juice, if one likes it, if one has a liking to it, then right in that moment, that's when one's mind is born there. And that's why it becomes a place of death as well. Because at any place that there's birth, there must also be death. Lumpu Cha himself had realized freedom from birth and death and thereby was able to see birth and death very clearly. Was able to see that this place of liking, in this case the orange juice, is a place of death. We see that the mind is incredibly fast. As soon as it thought of this glass of orange juice, then this became the place of death right there. So this is called karma, uh, volitional action. So therefore contemplate that life is something uncertain and death is certain. All of our lives must end in death. Life is uncertain, death is certain. So therefore we must build goodness and build merit. Do dana, generosity, do this a lot. Do uh, sacrifice and giving a lot. Do acts of merit a lot. And this merit becomes well established in our heart. Then our heart feels full and at ease, it feels rapturous. And when we recollect the goodness that we've done, this gives rise to fullness and happiness of heart again. So this goodness arising in the heart, this is something we should all try to do, do our best to have effort in this. For instance, practicing uh, virtue, one should practice uh, sila or virtue at least once every seven days. One may find it's difficult to do it every single day, but one should have effort to do it more and more. If one is following the five precepts every single day, 
then once a week one can follow the eight precepts. So be intent in this, be intent to try and have effort in this, to seek this goodness and merit. And we see that, for instance, uh, foreigners as well wish to seek this merit. For instance, there was a lay person from Australia who sacrificed everything to go seek ordination. And this individual went to Burma and many other countries seeking to ordain. And this we can call the nekama parami, the spiritual perfection of renunciation. Which, which arose by itself. Because we can see that one with wisdom feels the need to seek out peace. This is something that's in their heart already. It's in their heart seemingly of its own accord. Some individuals will even seek out the forest and enter the forest, and they won't even know why. We see that this is uh, a habit that's in their heart already this desire for peace and calm. We can call it a nisaya pachayo. It's a cause, it's a condition that's in the heart already. It's a cause or habit that one has built in the past. So we have these habits of character, these causes from the past, and we can see that for ourselves, we're humans and we've met with the Buddha's teaching in this life, in our case in Thailand. So this means that we've built merit and built spiritual virtues in the past. So we're interested in merit, we're interested in goodness, and this is one who already has goodness in their heart from the past in order to be interested in goodness in the present. So we have this good habit, this good cause in the heart already. And we see that this heart is the leader, it's the, the forerunner. We see that the mind is the forerunner of all things. And this doing of goodness and merit is a great blessing in our lives. See that in the Mangala Sutta, the Buddha taught that not associating with fools and associating with the wise uh, paying homage to the Buddha Dhamma Sangha. These are all highest blessings in our lives. To do generosity, to practice virtue, to see renunciates, to see samanas, to listen to the Dhamma, these are the highest blessings of our lives. So we've come here to the monastery to practice generosity, to practice virtue, to listen to the Dhamma, to sit in meditation, to meet and see uh, renunciates, samanas, to associate with the wise. So we can see that already uh, many highest blessings have already arisen uh, just in this one day. So in this uh, one day today, uh, great blessings have arisen in our lives. And we don't stop there. We do even more blessings, uh, cultivate even more goodness. And this is the arising of beauty, uh, merit and goodness. We see that the mind with these highest blessings is a mind that's high, that's uplifted and lofty. A mind with blessings is a mind with merit. And our minds have this respect for the Dhamma of the Buddha, and therefore we practice following the teachings of the Buddha. 
And it's something that we don't just do at the monastery, but we seek to do this at home and at work as well, to cultivate mindfulness and to have mindfulness well-established, whether one's at home or at work. And at whatever time one has mindfulness, then one has a highest blessing at that time. So we see that there's various works and various activities that we do. And whatever it is, we seek to, to be mindful, to have our minds established in goodness. So we've come to listen to the Dhamma today, and it doesn't matter what day we come to do goodness, but whatever day we do goodness, it's good at that time. Whether it's a lunar observance day, uh, a special holiday, or just a normal day, whatever day we do goodness, it's good on that day. It's just like putting a stone in water. It doesn't matter what time you put the stone in the water, the stone will sink. And similarly, whenever one puts oil in water, that oil will float. And it doesn't matter when you do that, it's just the nature of the oil to float all the time. So this goodness and uh, demerit, this merit and demerit, it's not up to time. It's not dependent on special occasions and special days. Whatever time you do goodness, it's good right there. And whatever time one does uh, demerit, it's demeritorious right there. So whether one is doing acts of generosity or ordaining or doing uh, virtue, then it's good at that time. So we practice following the teachings of the Buddha. And we see that the Buddha taught that whether it's merit or demerit, it's up to one's actions. And we see that in the time of the Buddha, there are many people who had very strong belief in various uh, rites and rituals and special occasions. For instance, paying homage to the sun at certain times and so on, and people really believed in this. But what the Buddha taught was that one does goodness, and it's good right there. One does Budo, Dhammo, Sango, and it's good right there. One does uh, virtue, follows uh, Sila, and it's good right there. One speaks in a positive, meritorious way, and it's good right there. So we see that right now is the good time to do goodness. Uh, now is the time to do merit. And it's meritorious right here, right now. We see that doing demerit or speaking demeritoriously, then it's bad right there. It's demeritorious right there. So it's up to what you do now. When you do demerit, it's bad right then and there. So we practice to do goodness every single day. And we see, for instance, if one does something against the law, one does something uh, bad and gets caught, then when, if one goes to court, then the judge doesn't ask what day you did that bad thing or what time you did it, because doing something bad, it's bad right then and there. It doesn't matter if it's on an auspicious day or not. So doing demerit, it's demeritorious right there. 
So therefore, start doing goodness right here and now. And whether it's good or bad, it's up to one's actions. It's up to your own choice of what you do. So you see this teaching of karma is a teaching that's very important. And this doing of karma, which means volitional action, it's something of great importance. And there is one story of a mother who wanted her child to be born on a certain day, on a Thursday, and uh, wanted a cesarean section for this purpose. But due to some scheduling issues with the doctor, there were some issues and the child uh, almost died. And this was due to clinging to a special time, a special day. So we see that really uh, results depend on causes. So right now is the time to do goodness. And we are, we are the ones who must manage this on our own. We're the ones who must make our own choices of doing merit or demerit. So it's up to our own uh, volitional actions. It's up to ourselves to make these causes. So this karma is something of, of great importance to build merit and goodness and to have effort in this to do generosity, to make this generosity a stable, normal habit of our mind, to have virtue in sila, and to practice renunciation, uh, nekama parami, whether that's through ordination or following the precepts, such as the eight precepts. We see that this building of merit and goodness is the highest blessing in our life. So may you have effort and try to do this merit and goodness to develop in your life. So may you all be well and may you all grow in the Dhamma.